Hello and welcome to The Pulse, MVC's podcast to encourage and equip you for your journey of faith and to keep you in the loop on what's going on around the church. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 214 of The Pulse. David Miles here, and today I am so excited to be sitting down with Cami Wright, our incredible children's ministry director. Cami, thank you so much for taking some time to do this. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. Here's why I'm so excited. You and your team, our next-gen team, just went to the Orange Conference. This is something that you do in one form or fashion kind of every year, either it's the big event or more recently kind of some of the local events. Orange, for those that don't know, is what? Orange is both a philosophy for Next Gen Ministry and the title of the curriculum program. So they get the name Orange when you take the light of the church, which is yellow, and the love and warmth of the home, which is red, and you combine those two forces, yellow and red make orange. They're so creative, aren't they? I see what they did there. And you combine these two powerful forces of church and home um, together, and our entire curriculum is about um, empowering and resourcing parents, where on Sunday we kick off a conversation, but the parents run with it all week long. So good. I love the idea of Orange, and I love what you're doing in children's ministry. I love what our youth ministry is doing. Our next-gen team is fantastic. Can I just say that? They are. You guys are fantastic. So proud of everybody. There are four stages of ministry that kind of our next-gen team focuses in on. Can you kind of share what those four stages of ministry are? Absolutely. So when you are a new parent, a baby, a little one, you come into our nursery area and you are entering the embrace phase. Um, is this a safe place? You see the separation anxiety happening there. Um, parents learning to walk away, leave them in our care. At two and three, they're maybe learning to transition to one room, to know what it's like to go to multiple activities, and just learning that this is a safe and wonderful place to be. Um, in elementary school, we move them up to engage, where we are really diving into Bible stories. We are um, asking questions of them. We're asking them to think um, longer and deeper. We're showing them prayer, kind of getting some spiritual habits built in of a weekly devotional and, and things like that. And then middle school, after we've engaged, embraced and engaged their faith in my program, we send them up to Joe and um, Michelle and Danica right now, and they head into affirm, and they affirm what we've done. Mm. They shore up all that engagement they've done in elementary school. Um, But as you know, middle school kids are coming in from all over. So we're actually even hoping that those kids who've grown up in our church can also engage their classmates who haven't yet heard the good news. And then we, uh, at high school, head them in to mobilize and get them ready to go out into the world. I love that. I love the tools and the resources and kind of the the philosophies or the talking points that Orange provides. Every year, and I had the, the privilege of going with you one year to the Orange Conference, every year you come back with some really, really phenomenal things, whether they're resources or ideas. You mentioned to me something that was kind of interesting. You mentioned these five answers that Jesus provided 
uh, Zach Hughes. Can you share a little bit about that? Right. Every year it's amazing. The, the last year we talked about um, Nehemiah putting the parents in the wall to mm. defend that and that there is no better defender than your folks mm. who are someone's coming at you. This year we, we got to dive into Zacchaeus and he had five questions with um, Jesus. And if we as leaders can answer those same questions for the kids we're leading, we are modeling um, how to know someone fully. Hmm. And so Jesus made sure that he knew Zacchaeus's name. Remember? Zacchaeus, yep. you calm down for yep. going to your house today. I love that song. Yeah. Do you know where I live? It's right there in the song. Jesus went to Zacchaeus's house. He yeah. called him by name. He said, I'm going to your house today. Do, do you know what matters to me? He took that time to find out, Zacchaeus, what's going on? Hmm. Um, do you know what I've done? Tax collecting. Yeah. Um, not the most favorite guy around town. Kids this age don't have the deep sinful thing that they're trying to hide from everybody quite yet. <laughs> it's not, what have I done? But really, what have I done? What are you good at? What yeah. have you done in the past? Yeah. What are your talents? That can still be, what have I done? And what can I do? What are your talents? What are you looking forward to? And so if our small group leaders, our teachers, if me, our leadership can answer, what is my name? What matters to me? Where do you live? What have I done and what can I can do? What can I do? We will fully know each of our, the kids in our care. That's so good. This, is, this brings ministry to a very personal level. Each mm-hmm. of those questions are so incredibly personal. And when we do ministry, we don't want it to be this big generic sort of thing. We want to do personal life-on-life ministry where we are getting to know people, where we are helping them to understand who they are in the eyes of God, how God has created them, how he has gifted them to do ministry in the world. And these are great questions to help help move that forward. One of my favorite things that you came back with was this document that you showed me. Five essential perspectives to amplify Jesus for the next generation. It's kind of this mm-hmm. chart and uh, or a grid here. Can you try and explain? I wish that I wish we had a vlog going. This would be I the perfect know. time for a vlog. <laughs> Nevertheless, I would love for you to try and explain some of the ideas or the concept behind this because I think it's so, so powerful. Oh, man, you are not kidding. This knocked our socks off. Everybody in that room was taking notes furiously, trying to get this incredible information on their paper, and then they go, we have a PDF link. (laughs) 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 If later on you would like to hear or see with your own eyes the full content, just um, email me at Cami, K-A-M-I, at maplevalleychurch.org. But when you're talking to younger kids, the concept of a substitutionary atonement, a worldview, um, well, basically they're saying that there are five worldviews that everybody has. And the fourth worldview on this chart is the one that we most often preach, and it's condemnation and forgiveness where the problem is sin and our own ego, where we feel like a fugitive, we're filled with mm. guilt. And to us, Jesus is Savior and Redeemer, right? Yeah. Um, the gospel is good news because Jesus pays the debt. And we have hope because we're forgiven. Romans three twenty three and 24 tells us that. Um, to a second grader, 
telling them that Jesus died, it's a it's a nebulous thing. Why death is hard to concept and to is a hard concept to grasp even, and then to tell them that um, you are sinful and and Jesus, who you grow up in Sunday school loving so much, this wonderful figure, right. died for you. Yeah. Um, a lot of kids can put up walls. It can even be scary, intimidating. I don't want to think about that. And if that's the only way we're reaching kids is to talk about the substitution and the debt and the sin and the ego and the condemnation, we're not going to reach them because we're not really sharing the full view of Jesus. And Jesus is so big and he has so many facets and he, he is so many things to so many people. Yeah. So imagine you've got a child who is feeling like an outcast, who's feeling insignificant. That's a worldview of this on this chart here of emptiness and fulfillment. To Jesus, who is Jesus to this child who's feeling like an outcast, who's filled with an ache? He's an example, he's a model, and the gospel is good news because jesus fills that void yeah this is so good it, it provides these different entry points into conversations about yeah. the good news of the gospel right and like you said oftentimes we just approach it from this this place of well i want to address jesus as your savior mm-hmm. you know to, to save your save you from your sins but there are all these other elements all these different facets if you will to who jesus is and jesus's impact in our lives and this document helps to lay those out in such a beautiful way right our hope for the child who feels like an outcast is that we're made complete yeah john 10 10. so these questions how do you feel is there someone feeling and you know what this isn't even children this is all of us absolutely sometimes the substitutionary atonement concept falls deaf when we are feeling like an orphan when we are feeling like a warrior, if you know, if the, if you're feeling um, oppression bearing down and you're filled with anger, yeah. being told that Jesus died for you doesn't subside the anger. But if you're told that in that oppressed and warrior anger sensation that Jesus is Messiah, that He is liberator, that He is defeater of the oppressed, and that there's going to be a new kingdom and a new earth, someone goes. I can absolutely get behind that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. so good. You had mentioned prior to us starting our recording here, this idea of, of the gospel and why the gospel is good news. This document I think is so helpful for parents in addressing that. I mean, you, you can't see this, those of you who are listening, so I encourage you send an email to Cam at maplevalleychurch.org so you can get a copy of this. But one of the questions is why is the gospel good news? And it lists out a variety of different reasons why the gospel is good news. It also lists out what problem is being addressed here. Mm. We all are facing these problems. And so if we can understand how the gospel is good news in the midst of the problems that we're facing and equip parents, whether they're parents of young children or students, those conversations are going to be so much more helpful when a parent is talking with their child, whether it's a, a young child or a student. And as you said at the very beginning, this idea of um, the church and families partnering together to be on mission together to help spiritually invest in and grow children is so incredible. It's so incredible. It's everything. It's everything. Mm -hmm. 
Any final questions or thoughts or things that you want to share with those listening or or questions that you want to pose and have families think about? Um, you're doing an incredible job, but we want to make sure that we are equipping parents to be those primary spiritual leaders and investors in their in their child or their students' lives. So any parting shots? Parting shots. Um... Continue to work on identity, belonging, and purpose. Yeah. Those are the three things that they are constantly struggling with. And we need them to get their identity in Christ. Absolutely. We have to. Um, answering those questions from, that Z- uh, Jesus did with Zacchaeus, coupled with identity, belonging, and purpose, That's those, those are your go-to locations for shoring up and... The bottom line is that we're trying to build resilient faith Yeah. because everything is coming at these kids. Everything's coming at their parents. So it is even more than just building a resilient faith in kids, but it's trying to build that up in our entire household. Absolutely. And putting up the defenses and shoring up things that, um, that we need to fortify. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. great. This is wonderful material. You're doing an incredible job. Those of you who are listening, if you have questions, Cami is a pro. Sarah Goodale, our next gen director, she is a pro. Joe Fennessy, he is a pro. They are so helpful, so knowledgeable, and they have such a deep desire to help you invest in and equip your students. So if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us. We want to do our very best to partner with you in investing in the lives of your children and students. I want to thank you so much for listening to The Pulse again this week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.